With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing great, having a wonderful day. A reminder, if you like this show, I think you'll love In the Bonus. It's the podcast third hour that we do. And... Um, there's some language issues. No, we don't speak gibberish, although sometimes I do mumble. Um, but we don't have to keep it clean, and we have a lot of fun. So you can download it in the bonus, wherever you download podcasts, and it goes live at uh, 5 on the East and 2 on the West Coast. Dan Byers here. Jay Stu's here. John Ramos is here. We'll get to our midway topic in a moment. Reminder, the Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. We'll be get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hassle protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com is the way that tire buying should be. We do have actual sports going on. Usually, we do the midway on Wednesday because, you know, like in NFL season or in the summer, a lot of times Wednesdays, not a lot going on. But we have... An elimination game tonight in Major League Baseball. A a pivotal game three in Philadelphia tonight, Major League Baseball. We're on the brink of Chiefs-Broncos tomorrow night. Will Taylor Swift make an appearance in Arrowhead on Amazon? Or does she not do the streaming service? All, all of that is is fairly interesting. Plus, we got some NBA gibberish and uh, hullabaloo to talk about as their preseason games have started. Anthony Richardson out. Uh, for four to eight weeks, depending on his shoulder. Does feel like the the Colts are going to be better in terms of wins and losses without him. And now they get Jonathan Taylor back. Deshaun Watson's got a bad shoulder. We don't know if he'll play. A lot of stuff going on. But we do like to have a little fun, keep it with sports. We get to the midway. Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for Stuck in the Middle. The midway. Middle of the show, middle of the day, middle of the week. 
Let's get after it, shall we? Okay, so Bayer, you proposed the entirety of the idea or just baseball with postseason venues? No, all of all of sports, because I think that there are certain spots, certain places and certain sports that really um, grab your attention and get your eye. Okay, so. um, let's just kind of do a round table. Do you want to start with a sport or you just want to kind of sprinkle it in? I think we could sprinkle it in, and it just is, if anybody's just joining us, it's that popped into my head because of the newer ballpark that you have in Texas that's been around for a while. But to me, it's just very stale. In fact, I think even tonight with the swimming pool uh, at Chase Field in, in Arizona, that stadium's been around for, you know, I say it's a dump, by the way. 25 years, you don't like it? Yeah. No, I've just oh. I've been told it's a dump. Like, it's not, it's run down. They haven't upgraded it. They say they need a new one. It's not particularly nice. Yeah, it's got unique features, but to me, it also feels a bit stale. And so I got to thinking of what I liked and what I was used to. And I'll just, I'll, I'll give you my Go for first it. place that thought of, and okay. that was Yankee Stadium. And that's Yankee Stadium. In October, yeah, because the Yankees would be in prime time, so there's even more of a chill in the air. And, and, you, and you go, to, you go to your mouth, and and when you get in October, <laughs> blowing on your hands. Everybody's wearing turtlenecks. Literally, yes. it's the only place on earth that turtlenecks are appropriately appropriate to wear. Nobody walks into anywhere else and some wears a turtleneck, and you're like, yeah, nice turtleneck, you know? But in baseball, a turtleneck in August, excuse me, in October, in, in the playoffs, makes total sense. I think you see the fans, you see jerseys over hoodies. Yep. It's the, the feel, you see gloves and mittens, not baseball gloves, the ones to keep your hands More warm. More than Fenway? There was, there was something, and, and I, Fenway was on my list as well, and I was going to get to that in a sec but I want to make one other point the Yankee Stadium colors because of like the blue and the dark blue adds like a little bit of a temperature dip as well so like you just feel like it feels fall and they would never play the daytime because why would you have the Yankees play in daytime when you can get the nighttime TV ratings so Yankee Stadium in October to me just always had that great awesome feel in the postseason uh Jay Stu Give me a give me a, a iconic postseason menu. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Wrigley Field. Yeah. As obnoxious as the Cubs fans were, and how hard that was to watch. I think it was twenty. Was it 2016, 2015? Um, 2016, It was yeah, amazing okay. to see Wrigley Field captured um, and be the center of the sports universe. I think it might be the oldest field in the big leagues. Um, and by the way. If we're doing best, I need to I need to say the most overrated one that I'm just sick and tired of. I've never been there, but it just I'm just sick of hearing this. That the garden in New York City, the why why is that such a big deal? Oh, it's why, awesome. Madison Square Garden. What is it about that place that I need to be excited about? Well, it, I mean talk it has me into this one. It hasn't hosted NBA finals in forever. Um it's right in the it's right in the middle of New York City. It's kind of cool in that it's on the fifth floor, I believe is the, so like, remember you come into Penn Station and then you got to go up to the garden and then you got to go up to the fifth floor and that's the ground level. So it's a little bit different. Um, Forget about the building itself, which they put a billion dollars into. It's really, really nice. It's just, you feel like you're walking, even though it's not the original Madison Square Garden that was on Madison Square, like it just feels special because you're in New York. I I don't, there's a different energy there. 
right? There's just just a different kind of vibe and energy. And most recently, you had playoff hockey there, and they, it is a good hockey town. Um, I don't know if I'm. Uh, you just kind of raise your level because the energy of the place. I think that's probably the the best. Um, Ramos, you got one. I have a bunch, by the way. Yeah, there are, there are quite a few. I I would say Lambeau Field, I guess, for in Green Bay would sure. be someplace that I think is iconic for <laughs> no doubt uh, NFL or just. Well, you get the we get the weather the too. Weather, Weather's a the factor. Frozen tundra came from that place, right? That's what we call yeah. the frozen tundra. So yeah, and of course it's just uh, it's free. You freeze your butt. <laughs> Your butt off there in playoff time football, correct, Doug? I mean, not just in general. Mostly all playoff games happen in the cold time of Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, the only the, – the, it's sad that that post-COVID year, right, uh, Aaron Rodgers, when they lost, that place was half full, so we didn't – that would have been unbelievable. We had Brady versus Rodgers. That would have been unbelievable. Uh, but, yes, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, let me start with baseball. Start with baseball. Uh, you guys nailed, you know, two. I think Fenway is the – is the third, which mm-hmm. we kind of kind of talked about. Um, I would say that the other place, I think Dodger Stadium is another one. Sure. You know? And maybe it's because 88 game one is, I'm, I'm, I, got, I said 88 game one, and I literally got goosebumps. And I'm not a Dodger fan. Right? That was an incredible moment. And the thing that that place has been able to do is they've upgraded. They got a lot of new stuff in there. They've changed some of the seating down below, the VIP stuff, whatever. But it still feels like 55, right? It still feels like 1955. It's a really cool place. And then unlike uh, unlike everywhere else where you go to your, you got to go to the mouth and you're wearing, you know, you're wearing a turtleneck, it's usually the only playoff spot which it's still warm and sunny. Right? And then you also you have the shadows to deal with, which is a little bit different in playoff baseball because of the, the, the game times when they're trying to get the right East Coast. When it's been World Series there. I love Dodger Stadium. I just think it's incredible. I think that's fair. The Yankee Stadium, obviously, there was old and there was new, and there is a difference. Yep. There is absolutely a difference. Yeah, it, doesn't smell, like, it doesn't smell like urine in the new <laughs> one. <laughs> I, 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 look, I understand there's a ton of history in the old Yankee Stadium. It was really cool. It was a dump at the end. Okay, And the new one is way better. I, I I understand there's not, you know, hey, this is the gum that Whitey Ford had. Whatever, fine. The new one's real. I like the new one. Um, what about basketball? You know, one of the things I, I think Conseco Fieldhouse is, well, I don't know what it's called now, Farmers, Life, Bankers, whatever in Indy. They try to do this, but the thing basketball hasn't been able to do, baseball's nailed, which is give us like a throwback, mm-hmm. you know, where it, it feels, you know, like City Field, they try, they try to make it feel like the 40s, it started with obviously with Baltimore, um, but I do think with basketball, I think the, I, I think Staples is a is the the twenty first century L A Forum. It's probably because the Lakers play there. It's probably because we've seen champ. But there and the Boston Garden, which and, and the new Boston Garden is not terribly well built or constructed or nice. But again, because the Celtics are there, because they brought in the old floor, because they got all the banners, much like the Lakers and all the fans, the actual arenas themselves are just okay, but the other stuff is what makes it. I I will say something to the opposite of what Jason was saying, and I think that you will agree, because you have attended and I have not, the Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden. Awesome! And even now, when you don't really have traditional Big East teams... When when the Big Ten tournament was there, I, I mean this, Jason. Like I was like a skeptic. I do the Big Ten tournament for um, Compass Media, 
I remember going to like a Big Ten tournament. It was awesome. It was incredible. Really, really incredible. You know, it's the you know, it's you know the second week in March when that is on your screen, and there's games on you know Wednesday afternoon for us on the West Coast early in the day, and then that Saturday night game. You know, now that this it's just become synonymous. Like I would even say, you could say like Greensboro for the ACC tournament, but they don't go there every year. It's truly. Uh, Madison Square Garden's the only one in college basketball that I really could point out and think, all right, that is, you know, that is postseason yeah. and what a sight it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think this year they have the Garden and Vegas as regional sites. Uh, what about the NFL? For the NFL, I'm going to say one which, again, probably it's because of how many championship games have been played there. And I've been there and I like it a lot. I think New England's really cool. Now it's the worst to get to I've ever seen. I can't believe it was it's a modern structure where they put it out in the middle of nowhere and they got one road in and one road out. But Foxborough's really cool. I know John Ramos may not like this one. What about muddy candlestick? Oh, oh, we can, we can go we can go no longer existing. Yeah, you know, I want to just Well, we can I go mean, no longer existing. We have to do the fabulous forum, the old Boston <laughs> Garden, Chicago Stadium. Um, if we go no longer existing uh what else? There's a lot. Um, trying to think in baseball. I think Lambeau Field is the is the one. Well, to John's I've never been. Point I mean, I've current, by, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I also think Jacksonville Stadium. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, how about how about uh, Chicago with the Bears play? Uh, Soldier Field. Soldier Field. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I know when I went. We back just to we Ch- remember when we the Rams went there in the NFC oh, Championship game. Well, I remember that was and they brutal. look like uh, they look like how all we would feel if we went to that level of cold. Oh man! Like hey, there's a lot of places I'd like to be on Earth. This is not one of them. That's the one time I ever seen Eric Dickerson stopped in his tracks on a consistent basis. Like he never, he, I think he gained like two yards every play, and that was about it. They were they were that Bears didn't, defense. Was didn't horrible. they have a punt? And maybe it was a different Sean game. Lindetta Sean Lindetta's punt. Yeah. Where no he punt. goes to punt the football, and you can see the ball move. Yeah. Because of the wind. <laughs> the whiff. With the whiff. This one doesn't host. <laughs> old, old old Giant Stadium, which is a dump, but great games there. Yeah. great. Game. Go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Jay. You said. <laughs> this one doesn't host uh, Super Bowls anymore. In fact, uh, SoFi, if we're going to do the antithesis, SoFi is an awful venue. Uh, but the Rose Bowl. I always liked oh, not not because it's easy to get in and out of. I don't I don't know if the actual experience there is great, but as a visual on television Amazing. to watch a Super Bowl at sunset. Yeah. And that venue is just it's spectacularly like beautiful. But then but again, going there is such a massive pain yeah. in the butt. Do they still have I, is this still uh wood chairs or wood Benches, with ble- bleachers? bleachers. Are they still they metal, upgraded metal, it? Metal, yeah, metal. Okay. Metal. The other thing with that, and I actually think that that is probably the. They perfect, have indoor plumbing now too. John. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect answer because just take the Rose Bowl game. Yeah. Because that is a postseason game. That game is purposely kicks off at five Eastern yeah. to Pacific. Yeah. For that sunset. Yeah. For the sun. Yeah. Setting at the end of the third quarter. How many people do you think have moved from the Midwest just because of that game? Yeah, like they just sit there and like, what are we doing? Look at look look at that. Look I, at it. I know it's been said over and over, but it, it it's been said over and over because it is a real thing. When you're in the dark watching that game and it's cold outside, you're like, yeah, to Margaret, s- 
Pack, pack the kids. <laughs> yes, it you, truly is. You know what's interesting is I grew up in Pasadena. I was, you know, and my whole Humble life. Bag. And so the Rose Bowl was always the pinnacle of my time. I would go down to the Rose Bowl games, just not even if I was going in, just to be around the area, to walk around, see all the different teams that would come, Big Ten teams, Ohio State, Michigan with Bo Schember. It was it was quite as my childhood. You remember when Illinois was in the it was in the Rose Bowl? Yes. Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> Ron Zook took him to a Rose Bowl, 2007. That's crazy. Yeah, Juice Williams. Juice Williams, great call. Good pull. Jeff George was the previous quarterback that got them to the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, uh, it was uh, Jack Trudeau, actually, Jack in the Trudeau. early 80s. Jack Trudeau. Wow. Yeah. Uh, any other venues? Oh, we did We did baseball, Former. we did football. Oh, hockey? Uh, the, the hockey? I, I Yes. I, I will say this. The old igloo? No. I was going to go Joe Louis Arena, and I never saw a hockey playoff game there, but I did go to a Red Wings game once at Joe Louis Arena, and it brought everything kind of like together for what you would see. And that arena just, I mean, it was so intimate, but intimate is such the wrong word for Red Wings playoff hockey and the octopus and everything with it. Like, But that is the rink that I look at and would say, okay, playoff hockey, Joe Louis Arena, Red Wings, for sure. Well, I mean, United Center Blackhawks won a couple, and then, of course, the, the yeah. Bulls won their, their Bulls won several of their titles there as well. But it is kind of antiseptic, new school, just an arena sort of thing, right? Yep. Is the new arena in Detroit, is that anywhere near the old Joe Louis Arena? Um, it's near Ford Field. It's, I think, on the other side of the freeway there. Um, so it's kind of close. It's really close to the ballpark and... Ford Field, but Joe Lewis was kind of along the river. Um, Remember the right old Tiger now? Stadium when people Gen, would hit things on the roof? <laughs> What's that? Remember the old Tiger Stadium when they'd hit things on the roof? Hit them yeah, on the roof? fully enclosed. That was such a weird place, such a weird venue. Yeah. By the weird way, would you be upset if you're Joe Lewis? Um, <laughs> yes, what the, about all the places that were named after somebody and then they just like were gone? It's like poor Joe Lewis. Like the guy, they had a, I mean, the guy was one of the greatest boxes of all time and like now there's, they just kind of left his stadium and that was it. Like, come on now. They should have. Why didn't they name a new one, Joe Lewis? Joe Lewis 2 or something like that. The Little Caesars Joe Lewis Arena. <laughs> yeah. They could have Arena Arena. <laughs> two na- they have two names. They have two names and it's Little Caesars, right? <laughs> they should have done. They should have built two arenas right next to each other. Yes. That's what. Arena Arena. <laughs> arena Arena. Here's where the Pistons play. Here's where the Red Wings play. Ah, uh, nobody goes to either. And that's. that's uh, the Midwest. They should make Ford Field look like the garlic bread box, right, John? That's what they should do. <laughs> we have to do it. We should do a pizza Midway. Just talk about all the different pizza. Pizza. Because my kids Saturday were like, can we just get pizza? Because I like to, I like big productions and to cook and whatever, and they're like, "Can we just get pizza?" And but then getting them to agree on pizza—that's that, a hard one. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Search FSR to listen live. Stug Olive Show, Fox Sports Radio. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time to get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases, no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, let's welcome in Jeff Schwartz, former NFL lineman, played some college ball at Oregon. Of course, you can hear him Fox Sports Radio weekends on Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff each Sunday morning, along with Brian No and Bill Krakenberger, 10 a.m. Eastern time. They'll take you up till kickoff. Find them uh, on this network or on the iHeartRadio app, which is presented by BetMGM. Uh, let, let's start with the Cowboys. You know, I, I understand what Micah Parsons is saying. Like, What's he supposed to say? Like, we want another shot at them. But how many chances do we have to see the Cowboys get with the Niners? We don't realize the Niners are better than the Cowboys. Oh, they're much better than the Cowboys. I mean, that's been proven now year after year. They have a, a sustainable model that continues to work for them. And, and, and the reason why I picked the Niners to win and cover this game last weekend was that I, I thought the things that Dallas does well, the Niners would be able to mitigate, right? Dallas's defense is really good at rushing the passer. What do you have to do to, to rush the passer? You, have to, you need to be in third and long. The Niners are really good on first and second down, so they're not in those situations where the Dallas Cowboys are able to just rush the passer, right? Their defense forces turnovers, forces punts. Well, if you're behind in games, you don't get to rush the passer. I mean, Dallas's defense is great when it's, the other way, right, when it's 21-7, their lead. When they're down 21-7, they're a different type of defense. And that's for a lot of defense, not just for Dallas. But the Niners are just a, kind of a bad matchup for them. And, and they're going to have to go through them again 
uh, at some point in the playoffs, uh, Philly as well. And I don't, I don't think Dallas is in that tier right now. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jeff Schwartz is our is our guest. Um, okay, what about the Niners? Is there a team out there that matches up well that can beat them? Well, I mean, they're the Chiefs. You have to score with them, right? The Dolphins can score with them. You have to score with them. And, and the Chiefs have shown over the years to play the Niners well. Obviously, they beat them. They beat them last year, and they obviously the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, you'll be able to score with them. Um, that's that's the thing. The number one issue is that they've scored over thirty points now in eight straight regular season games. I want to say um, you'll be able to score with them, and you'll be able to have a quarterback that's decisive to get the ball out quickly to make uh, fast decisions because of how speedy that defense is. Um, so it's the teams that can score. The Dolphins, obviously, that'd be a fun matchup with with, uh, with those two coaches. It's the Chiefs, it's the Eagles. You know, the Eagles can match anyone because of their physicality in the trenches. So those are the only teams right now I look at, you know, the upper echelon of the NFL. Maybe, maybe Buffalo, if they're playing their, their A game, but they don't play their A game uh, nearly as much as I think their fans and, and uh, staff would like. So, it's probably those those teams right there. Because otherwise, you know, if you can't you can't put up in the in the high twenties with the Niners, you got to hope that they don't do anything on offense. And when they have all the weapons healthy, when Brock Purdy is throwing the ball accurately and on time, it's hard to stop that offense. You just have to score enough points to beat them. Um, Frank Reich uh, had some interesting comments yesterday, where he talked about David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers wanting to be involved, wanting to be heard, meeting with him. And he said, those, you know, the meetings aren't fun, but, you know, they're, they're, they're great. You said you were troubled by it. Why? You know, I, I said uh, the sense I got from those meetings were that um, that he's making decisions about what's happening um, on the field, in, in, you know, in the locker room, um, roster decisions. That didn't sound like someone who was happy about meeting with the owner. Um, I imagine it happens across the NFL, right? I mean, the Eagles, I think, very famously have a meeting once a week between the, the you know the coaches. They might be the only one where the owner, and I'm not even sure how much how much Lurie actually you know makes roster decisions. Um, but you know, it, it sounds like Tepper's making decisions. That that was it seemed like a plea for help from Frank Wright, not really like a, a thing where like yeah, we talk every week and, and you know okay, I'm sure. Owners like to hear from their coaches about what's happening on the field, but that sounded more like they're sort of in this together, which I don't think owners should be involved in personnel decisions. Like David Tepper is a, a you know hedge fund guy, right? What does he know about about NFL roster construction? Like, just stay out of it, man. Like, let's. I, I get you want to have a say in who you draft one overall, and I believe owners should, you know, be able to vet those players and, and you know, if an owner really doesn't want someone for, uh, you know, reasons, I don't know, whatever reason they want, I guess, their team, they don't have to draft them, but they shouldn't be the ones who, who decide um, based on talent and, and the, you know, the games they watch on, I don't know, on film, I guess. I don't what are they watching for? So the best teams typically have owners that stay away. Um, do do they, though? The hold, hold, well. on, hold on, do they? Like what, what? Give me the, you know, like if we study the best teams. Do they have owners that stay away? You know, and and by the way, I mean, level of involvement, we don't know if it's about personnel or if it's about process. Right, we, uh, sure, um, but again, like what is what does Tepper know about why Bryce Young is not playing well, or the wide receivers can't get separation? I, he, he didn't know anything about that. He well, but but, about- but what's what's to say that that's not what the meeting entails? Hey guys. I put 
five billion in here. Explain to me why the kid's not playing well. What's he not seeing? What, what's what's going on? What 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 do we need? Why? Like, show it to me. Show me the show me the process, right? Because I I would guess, I'm am I I'm with you, right? Like it's the Haslam Jimmy Haslam famously was the one who they hired this whole analytics department who told them they should draft Teddy Bridgewater, and he went and drafted Johnny Menzel. It was a disaster, right? I I understand, but uh, we don't know if. He's the guy who's calling the ultimate shot or he's simply asking really hard questions that they have to support and he wants to hear what their logic is before he goes and throws more money at it and continues to employ those people. We just hired them, right? So is he going to fire them after one year because he doesn't like the development of the quarterback? That's certainly possible. Um, but you know, that would be his, what, his fourth coach, and he's been the owner for five years now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know, um, you know here's a, so, I mean, was Robert Kraft in discussions with Bill Belichick each week about roster and what they're doing right or wrong? I mean, I don't think Clark Hunt is meeting with Andy Reid each week talking about what's happening. There's obviously a very successful you know, organizations and coaches, so maybe you leave those guys alone. And Frank Reich hasn't proven to have that success as a head coach as, as Andy and, and Bill But, but like, like, look, Jerry Richardson was the owner of the Carolina Panthers when you played there. He was a great yeah. player. He was a, he was a player, right? I don't know yeah, his level of different. his level of involvement either, though. I, his involvement, I, I think, was mostly around the top draft picks. Like he he would vet the top guys that drafting number one overall. Um, but I don't think he sat there with the coaching staff and evaluated what they were doing right or wrong. Um, that's just my sense of being in the building for, for, for those years. I, I, um, I can only tell you this. I, I, I generally agree with you that people that don't know what they're talking about shouldn't walk in and start barking around orders, right, and act like they know what they're talking about when they didn't play, didn't coach, even though he was a, a minority owner with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I, I do believe that there's a, there is a middle ground there where a guy who's run a successful business – and has seen how the Pittsburgh Steelers are run, can walk in and meet with them and say, hey, explain to me the processes of what we're doing here on a game day. What are our, what's our preparation like? You know, I mean, like, look, it's his money. He's allowed to do whatever the hell he wants to do with it. But if he's simply challenging them because he knows how to properly run a business and wants to know what their processes are, I don't think it's as nefarious as many of us are leading to believe. I don't know if that's true. Like, look, I, I know that Stephen Ross, th- they're – Guys, he loves watching Big 12 football. And there have been guys that they have drafted and taken because Stephen Ross is like, I saw that guy. I like that guy. You tell me if he's good enough, we should draft him. So I think there's lots of owners that do it different ways, but I don't know if it's nefarious as we're making it out to be. I, I, does it feel like it's annoying? Sure. Right? Like, man, we got to meet with the owner who doesn't know anything, doesn't know anything about football. But I, I also think there's a possibility he's asking them more about processes. That's certainly fair. I also think part of my comment was just they've stunk to have been the owner. Yeah. So hearing him get it, like, you know, again, if it was a different owner that, you know, again, like Jeffrey Lurie is, I think, pretty involved with the Eagles and they yeah. win a lot of football games. Like the, the Panthers have been a disaster since he got there. I mean, they have not been good. His decisions at, at coaching, um, you know, coaching. And I think Frank Reich will be fine maybe eventually. But this season, I mean, you look at the way Houston's playing right now um, and you say, man, like, what are we doing wrong? How is Houston playing so much better than us with a roster that is not as good with a quarterback that obviously was drafted after Bryce Young? Like, what's happening there that we're not doing? So it, it just seems like everything is bad in Carolina right now. Like, that kind of just... I, 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 think that, I think that part is, that, that, that part is fair. I, I got to ask you, because you play college football, you cover college football, right? You bet on college football. 
Uh, and Mario Cristobal used to coach at Oregon. How yeah. do you, and I, he lost a game in similar fashion to how he lost the other night. How do you come back from that? Well, you beat North Carolina this weekend, and, and maybe people forget about it, right? I mean, they always remember it, but you have to just win again, right? You, you, you go back to winning. I'll tell you this, I was asked this uh, as a player, um, what happens in these situations. I've been in them uh, a couple times, but one particularly, a, a coach and, uh, told us not to score a touchdown at the end of a football game in the NFL, um, and that's costing us the game. And I was you know, furious about it. I was angry about it. Um, but then you go back and you watch film, and this is the way you know, players feel about officiating, about weird things that happen in games. Like You, you can ultimately control um, what you do on the field, right? And there's many different ways you win or lose games. Now, specifically in this case, obviously, you take the games over, right? So, um, you know, but I do feel like the players will rally behind that idea of, okay, well, maybe I could have done something different to not get us in that position to where I think there were minus four turnovers. Obviously, the, the final play of the game with the safety just – deciding to jump an underneath route uh, and the guy went behind him. I mean, there's ways as a player that you can sort of get your mind to to a good place to play North Carolina this weekend. And a, fan, a fan or booster, I mean, you're never forget, you know, you will never forget this. What, what was that? The so is. give me the scenario you lost where the coach told you not to not to score. Yeah, so we're, we're playing. It was 2015. It was a season opener. We were at the Cowboys. You were the Giants? And we were Giants, and we were down um, – in the low red zone, inside the 10 maybe, and we were up three with un- with about two minutes left. Uh, Cowboys had a timeout maybe, and we were told to not score a touchdown um, on the first couple of plays of that drive, specifically in the huddle. Like I don't know where that came from, whether that came from the OC or that came from the head coach. I have no idea. We were told that, and we uh, our running back just like ran forward and fell down twice. They went through an incomplete on third down, and we kicked the field goal, and Dallas immediately drove down the field and threw a game-winning touchdown pass to, to Jason Wynn, and we lost by one. I think it was 27-26, if I recall. We scored a touchdown. We go up 10 with two minutes left. I mean, we're going to win the game. And, um, you know, again, I was furious in the moment. We all were. And uh, we don't want to get over it by Monday, and you get ready to, to, to play again the next week. Yeah, I, I've never understood the avoiding being up two scores thing. Like I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, I like, really, you got to give up a touchdown, then then give up an onside kick, then you gotta, then you gotta give up more points. That that seems, if it's within one score, I understand. You know, if it's like to eight, I would understand. But if it's two scores, I don't, I, I don't understand that logic in any way, at all. Not, not at all. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I, I also some of the logic about like not scoring fast enough. I don't know, man. It's hard to score. I just like score, <laughs> score and play defense. I don't, like sometimes you just you can't take it for granted. And you're going to score a touchdown. It's hard to score and, and put in the end zone and play defense. Defense is also part of football. The the, the stats would tell you that Russell Wilson's uh, uh, production has been on par with Patrick Mahomes, uh, but you watch yeah. the game differently, right? Um, does, does Russell, how much gas is actually in that tank? I mean, would, would anyone trade Russell Wilson for Patrick Mahomes tomorrow night? Um, no, no, but game? like, can, can you win with Russell Wilson as your quarterback? I think is the question. Yeah, the defense is better. You can, um, you know, I just think we've seen at times Russell Wilson this season just sort of hasn't risen at the end of games, right? Like there's moments to, to be had and he doesn't, doesn't rise up in those moments anymore. Um, you know, in, in a bunch of the losses, they've had opportunities offensively. Now their defense is terrible. So that's not 
his fault, right? When you allow 31 points and 70 points, it's not going to win a lot of football games. Um, but there's been moments that, that they need him as their leader to rise up and, and make the whole team better, and it hasn't happened. Uh, the Mahomes thing is is interesting. You know, they're they're missing uh, a middle of the field wide receiver. Uh, they're missing Juju Smith Schuster. Basically, he had 78 catches last season. He had a hung over 100 targets. Like I don't know if the Patriots want him anymore, but they're missing someone like that in their offense. And um, they're playing a lot of young guys trying to find who that guy is. Maybe it's Bryce. It's probably not Sky Moore. Um, and once they find that player, the offense will sort of start looking like it should again. But until they find that guy, that's it's a big it's a big Achilles heel for them. They don't have the wide receiver that kind of the short intermediate guy over the middle of the field. They have MVS. They have Watson. Those guys catch balls deep. They sort of need someone besides Chelsea in the middle of that defense. They don't have that right now. No, they don't. It's amazing how much they've won considering they've kind of got very average talent outside of Kelsey on that offensive side of the ball and Mahomes, of, of, uh, of course, as well. You're the best, Schwartzy. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Take care, bud. Talk to you later. All right, that's uh, Jeff Schwartz, a good friend and a very good analyst. You can hear him on Fox Sports Radio Sundays, 10 a.m. Eastern time with Bill Krakenberg, who's a professional sports better, and Brian No. They take you all the way up to kickoff. Find them on this network, Fox Sports Radio, or the iHeartRadio app presented by BetMGM. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The set and the one-two pitch. And that ball is lifted high into the air, deep left field. Hayes is going back, back onto the track. He looks up, it is gone! Adolis Garcia will touch them all. His three-run blast has given Texas a 6 to nothing lead. Leclerc set. He delivers. He struck him out swinging. And the Rangers have swept the Orioles in the division series. Hello, ALCS, starting Sunday. Jose Leclerc is mobbed in front of the mound as the Rangers stream out of the dugout. Seven to one, the final score tonight. Broadcast. That's our progressive play of the day. Progressive making things even easier. They help you bundle your home and car insurance together. You can save on both or more progressive.com or call one 800 progressive Louisiana Hot Sauce, Rangers Radio Network. Rangers beat the O's seven to one. Aroldis Garcia has a three-run home run, made it six-nothing, and the Rangers finish him off. Seven-one. O's out. Rangers and Bruce Bochy, who's got the best pipes in the business. Move on. Let's get to the press. The press. Dan Byer. What do you got? Doug, we start talking about quarterbacks, and we start in the Twin Cities. Kirk Cousins asked this today as the Vikings get prepared for a Week 6 matchup in Chicago against the Bears. Is there any scenario where you would waive your no-trade clause before the trade deadline? Yeah, I'm just very focused on the Bears and going 1-0 this week, and anything else is just not worth my time or energy or attention. That's not a no. Right? Correct. It was a very good answer, but it was not a no. Nope. 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 Is there any scenario? Nope. But he didn't say it, so there is a scenario. Yes, and I, I, where they are right now, where Justin Jefferson is right now, some of that stuff you maybe couldn't have seen a few weeks back, but you know, one and four. Yeah, I, I wasn't with it when you know McIntyre may end up being right in this thing. I like I don't think the Jets acquire him, but McIntyre was was shouting about it on Cowherd's show like week one, week two. But now you get to this spot and you got no Justin Jefferson. You're like, yee. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I think it's fair to say that at that point, it probably wasn't going to happen. No, you know. No. But I mean, if you want to say that you'd think the team would be one and four, they haven't won a home game this year. Um, that their star wide receiver could be out a month, and who knows, maybe even more, depending on on what happens. Yeah, there's there's no way to no way to tell that. Uh, other quarterbacking news in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a little while ago that the Colts placed Anthony Richardson on injured reserve, so he's out the next four games. ESPN says it actually could be worse for Indianapolis and the rookie quarterback, depending on how rehab goes and what is really happening with the shoulder. If he needs surgery, he could be out at least eight weeks of action. It's Gardner Minshew's show for now, as Minshew and the Colts will take on his former team, the Jaguars, coming up on Sunday, a place I, where I'd Indy be, never wins. I'd be surprised if he plays this year. Right? Played, you know, he needs a redshirt year anyway. I mean, at, at I, 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 I'd be surprised. Be surprised. I mentioned this a little while ago in the update as well, but the NFL is looking into a possible fine for Niners tight end George Kittle for his bleep Dallas shirt that he wore on Sunday and then showed the crowd under his jersey. Yeah, I mean, like, look, if you're going to find guys for not wearing socks, I think you kind of got to find a guy for wearing an F Dallas shirt. <laughs> Do you think he'd be fined if it because it wasn't a team apparel like from the NFL no shop? No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I wouldn't doubt it. 
you know, the NFL some days like maybe we should get into swear words being on shirts selling from our team shop. Uh, they'd probably Wait, we can make a, money on that. Yeah, we'll do that. Let's do it. Uh, Doug, some notes from college basketball: the Kansas men's basketball program placed on three years probation, but they didn't receive a postseason ban following the completion of the infractions case that dating back to the FBI investigation. Bill Self, no additional punishment. His level one violation was actually reduced to a level three violation. So Kansas basically now Six. done with. Yep. Yeah, the only one really got punished was some of the coaches involved in Oklahoma State for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why, but whatever. The top high school hoops prospect in the class of 2026 is reclassifying AJ DeBansta. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, reclassifying, he'll be the top prospect in the class of 2025. Yeah, they're all moving up to get to college a year early, to get paid in college to NIL, and then get to the pros yearly. And uh, and by the way, most of them when reclass. They already held back. They already reclassed to hold back, like in eighth grade, and then they can reclassify up if they're good enough. Makes the sense? exact opposite of everybody in the late 70s who just wanted to stay in high school forever, right? Just, hey, let's stick around another year. Let's hang out in the parking lot and smoke. Uh, UCLA head coach Mick Cronin. What? No, nobody? Nobody likes that one? I like that, that one. I, just, I didn't right. want to interrupt, interrupt your flow. <laughs> Uh, UCLA head coach Mick Cronin telling multiple media outlets that UCLA and Arizona have had talks, but the schools have not agreed to play each other beyond the season in college hoops. Uh, it's the best It's the best rival, rivalry in the West United States. Now look, Gonzaga, if they, dra- if they join the Big 12, you'll have Gonzaga-Arizona probably twice a year, and that's a good rivalry. Uh, Gonzaga-St. Mary's obviously would go away. But yeah, Arizona-UCLA should play twice a year every year and the creamsicles are here doug buccaneers going to be wearing yes. them sunday you see them everywhere we were waiting uh, for this Tampa. year we were waiting like two years ago when this was announced. yes was awesome. yes that's, that's the press, press. Yeah. hey get out there and press that was the press uh yeah check out the in the bonus podcast level of confidence jace doing your dodgers tonight i think they'll win tonight yeah buyer you think they win tonight sure i want to see them lose just so you guys complain tomorrow seriously doug Gottlieb show fox sports radio I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.